This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 17, 2016. We are Connection Worship. The only goddamn answer was Mike, and he was already standing up. He just moved. Oh, well, come on. We got to dance more in church, you know? We don't dance enough. We got to have more dancing. We'll have to work that into this uh, future worship schedule here, some dance time. You'll, you'll lead it, not me. <laughs> All right. Here anyway, we go. make a joyful noise. Make a joyful dance. Yes. To the Lord, all the earth. Worship to the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We're his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. Steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Worship the Lord with gladness. Worship. That's our focus this morning. So, good morning again, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. And I'm still Alan Jones. And we are so delighted to be with you this morning to be able to lift our voices and our move our feet to worship the one true God this morning. We've been off for a couple, for one Sunday, didn't preach two Sundays. We were at uh, Outer Banks with the fam. This is it. This is us, all 15 of us. We had a great time, Megan and Ted, and the girls were able to join us from Texas, and we just really uh, celebrated the God that brought us together as a family. It, it, it was so good, so good. But it's good to be back. It is good to be back. We worshiped in another church, and it's always good, but I'll tell you what, there's no place like home. That's right, Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you. We thank you and give you all the honor and glory today. And Lord, in the midst of our joy and laughter, we do need to pause because our, our nation, our planet is really, um, things are really messed up. So just for a moment, let's pause and lift our hearts up to you in silence. God have mercy, Christ have mercy. And we thank you and glorify your holy name this morning as we seek your will and way. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, and everybody gathered said, Amen. 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 So, uh, welcome to week three of, say it with me, We Are Connection. Yes, that's who we are. And in this series in July, we are sharing about our revamped core values. In week one, two weeks ago, Pastor Lori talked about we value people because everyone matters to God. No one is disposable. And she also uh, yoked that with transformation, intentional, Christ-centered living that makes a difference in our families, in our community, in our country, and in our world. 
And then last week, Bill Trench shared about teamwork, and it is better working together beats working alone. This morning, we consider our next core value. We value worship. Mm. And so these revamped values are part of an overall reevaluation of who we are and why we exist as Connection Community Church. As we shared at the annual church meeting in June over the past year, we've been looking closely at our mission, our foundation, the pillars on which this church is built, and on our core values. In the year to come, we'll be looking closely at our bedrock beliefs and our to-do list, which are all part of the DNA of Connection. Oh, I'm rearranging here. All right. <laughs> Some of you may have asked why. Why are we doing this? Why do we have to uh, revamp anything? Is something wrong? Has something changed? Well, it has been 15 years since we've taken a look at this, and our core values have done well. There was a time before this church ever started that Alan and I sought the Lord and prayed very hard and came up and established the DNA and the core values. And so that has worked for us for the last 15 years. Yeah. But at 15 years, it, it, it seemed like it made sense to look closely at those again. You know, before it was before the church ever existed. Now it had been run 15 years. Who are we? Are we really what those things said? Or who are we now? Who, who do we strive to be? And so God provided us with a guy who had a lot of experience in, in this kind of self-examination as a corporation. And, and we uh, benefited from his expertise. And, and the result is not so much a, a new DNA as, as we said, a revamping. Uh, one result was, you know, we had core values and we just couldn't, we just couldn't pare it down. So we had, it looked like 12, but actually if you added all the subparts, it was 23 core values. That's a lot of core values. It's not that they were bad, but it's helpful if you can get, pare them down, boil them down to something manageable, something you can easily remember. And so we look closely at who are we really? Who do we strive to be? Who is God calling us to be? And we revamp those core values into eight core values. Eight core values that represent who we truly are as a church. Eight core values uh, represent who we strive to be. Eight core values that remind us of what is important for this faith community known as connection. These core values then, that we're, uh, it's these core values that we're exploring. And today, once again, we're exploring the core value of worship. For here at Connection, for us, worship means praising God for everything God has done, is doing, and will do. <clears throat> and our scripture and all this is made so we can remember it. It was hard to remember those 33 words. We can remember this, worship. And the scripture for us to remember, Psalm 150, verse 6, say it with me. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everybody take a breath. Who here has breath? Yeah. You all have I mean, breath. Who that doesn't means have everyone. breath here? Good. I'm glad everybody's breathing. So everybody got to be praising. Everybody needs to be praising. So the question becomes this. Just what do we mean by that? What do we mean by we value worship? What do we mean by everybody that has everything that has breath? Praise the Lord. And how do we live that out? How do we express that? One of our main expressions of worship is what we're doing right now. Amen? I mean, we call this a worship service, right? So we do what we do on Sunday mornings, you know, and we spend a lot of time and energy 
creating, I'm not going to say creating a worship service because we can't force you to worship, but we can create a, an atmosphere, uh, an environment, hopefully where worship, that is conducive to worship, conducive to you connecting to the Holy One. So powerful God experience hopefully can take place on these Sunday mornings. We work hard to choose songs that connect with the theme and connect with you. And we rewrite and rewrite and rewrite the message until we feel it's what, what we're being called to share. And we have other aspects of worship, such as skits, or you saw some videos this morning. Actually, they were video testimonies, testimonies also. And we also use lighting and, and graphics and decorations and things to try to help, help us be open to a, a God experience here on Sunday morning. And, you know, we try to, for this all to be good. And it is good, but it's, there's always a caution. We always have to be kind of careful. And we've got to be careful because if we aren't careful, it could be real easy to get all caught up in all the trappings of worship, if you know what I mean. So caught up in picking and music. I know sometimes writing a message, and it was three R's, and it took me more time getting that third R than writing the whole rest of the message. You know what I'm saying? You get so caught up in those kind of things and in the decoration and those, all that stuff, get so caught up in the trappings of worship, if we're not careful, we forget what worship truly is. So we sang a song together just a few moments ago, Heart of Worship by Matt Redman, and it really does say it all or a lot of what we're trying to experience or to share today. When the music fades and all is stripped away, I simply come. Longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. You see, it, we're blessing Jesus' heart. It's about blessing God. That's what worship is. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you, God, have required. God, you search much deeper within through the things, the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. God is looking into our hearts. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And here's our confession. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. Sing with me. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about him. And so worship at its core, not about the music, not about the message, not about decorations, videos, or testimonies. It's, it's not even about our feelings and emotions. As the song shares, it's all about Jesus. I'm going to expand that. It's all about God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. As Pastor Mark D. Roberts shares in his message entitled, Why Do We Worship? He says, we do not worship primarily to feel moved, 
though warm emotions frequently arise when we worship God. And we do not worship primarily to get something out of the service, though we often benefit from what happens when we gather with God's people for worship. And we do not worship primarily for anything having to do with ourselves, though worship is one of the most meaningful and transformational things we do in life. And so why do we worship? Well, we worship God for God and for who God is. We worship because of who God is and what God has done. And so our worship is a response to God, to God's nature and God's activity. Amen? Amen. In worship, we give God our best. Giving God our best, it's our response to what God has given us. We glorify and honor and praise God when we worship, not for what we can get out of it, because I'm telling you, it will always fall short, but from what we put into it, into blessing God, celebrating God's love for us. Through worship, we express and offer our thanks to God for loving us through God's saving grace, for sending his son, Jesus Christ, to free us from sin, to help us through the tough times and the great times and all the times in between, and blessing God and thanking God for welcoming us into eternity forever with him. It's through worship that we offer our love for God in response for God's love to God's love for us. And God loves it. God loves to hear our praises. And while worship is all about exalting God, praising God, celebrating God, and, and surrendering ourselves fully to God, we still receive residual benefit when we worship. As Tommy Walker shared in an article entitled Understanding the Breakthrough Power of Worship, he said this, he said, worship is a declaration of our weakness and God's strength. He said, I challenge you in your next point of need to make that hard choice to be a worshiper and let the breakthrough God fight your battle for you. He says, when we worship, the invisible God is at work doing invisible and powerful things. We get realigned, refreshed, refueled. We find unspeakable joy and indescribable peace. We discover the breakthrough strength of God, which enables us to walk in the truth, live in his presence, and see him fight our battles for us. It's how we can put the beauty of the gospel on display, receive his many blessings, and at the same time be a blessing to the world. In the Bible, in the second half of the Bible, the book of John, the gospel, that's good news of Jesus Christ found in John. We find in chapter 4 where Jesus meets a woman. This is a well-known story. She's a woman who goes to a well, a woman who has really experienced and living um, out of the will of God, and she meets Jesus, and her life is completely turned around. You see, Christ offers her living water. That means he offers her a relationship a transformational new life. Now, this woman was a Samaritan, 
And the Samaritans and the Jews were at odds, and that's kind of a, like they were really more than at odds, but they were, there was a lot of disagreement, and they were at odds in their spiritual beliefs, which even included things like which mountain to worship on, worship here or worship there. And they were arguing about those things. And so from that background, we pick it up in Scripture, John chapter 4, beginning at verse 19. And the woman says to Jesus, oh, so you're a prophet. Well, tell me this. Our ancestors worshiped God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that that Jerusalem, that other mountain, so to speak, is the only place for worship, right? And Jesus responds, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark. We Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews, but the time is coming. It has, in fact, come. When you are when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is looking out for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit, those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. And so we are to worship in spirit and in truth. Spirit and truth with our hearts in addition to our minds. Worship from the depths of our soul, digging deep, deeper and deeper, connecting with God spiritually instead of materially connecting with God as we seek God's will, God's truth. It's, fine. it's hard to find truth these days. It's in the scripture, finding God's truth for our lives. And so we worship because God and God alone is worthy of our celebration and praise. God and God alone is worthy of our adoration. God and God alone, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, deserves everything we've got to give. My all-time favorite hymn, from, I mean, I've been in church. I never remember not being in church except not going when I was in college. But, I mean, I've always been a part of church. And my favorite all-time hymn is a, a hymn called Holy, Holy, Holy. Anybody familiar with that great old hymn of the church? Holy, Holy, Holy. I would sing it, but I don't want you leaving quite this early. Uh, holy, Holy, Holy. In, in, in Hebrew... It's not just repeating words. It's the way in Hebrew, we, they don't have E-R or E-S-T for more or most. The way they do that is by repeating the word. And so holy, holy would mean holier or more holy. Holy, holy, holy means holiest or most holy. Holy, 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 holiest, in other words. Holiest Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, my song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity, most holy God from the very beginning of the day, 
Early in the morning, my song will rise to you. You alone, Lord, God in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, merciful and mighty. You alone, Lord, are deserving of the praise that I offer starting first thing in the morning and running to the very end of the day. Amen? Amen. So the truth is that we can worship anywhere. We can worship at home, wherever we are. I worship in the car a lot. I mean, I'm in the car a lot. How many people are in the car a lot? Yeah. You don't yeah. dance while you're so, worshiping well, in the car, Well, sometimes you? I'm, you know, car dancing, but, um, you know, putting music on or just turn it off and praying and talking to God, do it at home. Um, worship is everywhere. That's what we do. And so if that is true, then why do we need to gather here today? Why do we have church? Why is it important to gather as a body of believers called the church? When you look in the Bible, you see in the Old Testament and the New Testament, all throughout there, people are gathered to worship God. They did that from the very beginning. They did it in the Old Testament. They did it in the New Testament. They gathered to worship God together. And you see, that's because we are not created to be lone rangers. God did not stop at the first human, but then added human. And then humans multi, you know, go and multiply the earth. We are meant to be social beings. God is in community. We need to be in community. God, Father, Son, and Spirit. There you go. The first small group. We need to be together to lift each other up, to encourage one another, to be there during the yucky times, to hold each other up. Then people say, well, you know what? The church is really messy. I don't want anything of that. You know, they're such hypocrites. Amen. You know what? The church is messed up. There is no argument there. It's completely messed up. And that's because we're in it. We're it. We are the church, and we are messed up. We need Jesus. I've said this before. I just don't understand. I'm out in the community. I run into somebody. They see me. They run around the other aisle, and I'm like, no, you're not getting away yet. So I go find them, and I go after, and I'm like, hey, how are you? And they look at me or don't really look at me and say, my life is messed up. I'll come back to church when everything is better. Really? Honestly? I am, Connection, I am really messed up right now. There's a lot of the fiber of my insides that are just, I'm in this battle. It is well with my soul, I can tell you that. But things are messed up. And I know you're feeling that too. And so God designed the church for us to come together and hold on to each other and support one another. And iron sharpens iron, by the way, so to help each one of us get sharper in our Christian walk with Jesus. And together, as a gathered assembly, we lift our hearts and our minds and our soul and all of our strength to bless God. That's what worship is for us as a gathered body to bless God. The world is broken 
because we are. And we're in the need of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here, to say, God, you're in control. I want to be, but you are. And I want to bless your name. And we only get that, we only get there by really coming together and worshiping together. So Sunday morning worship is crucial. We celebrate that each and every one of you is here this morning. That being said, though, Sunday morning worship is not the only worship or Sunday night or, when, or whenever you, you know, corporately worship. In other words, it's not just an event, okay? Worship isn't just one hour here, okay? My worship time is 11 to 12, and that's it. That ain't it. Because <laughs> worship isn't an event. It's a lifestyle. It's a style of living. And that style of living is to love, to try to love like God loves, to love extravagantly, to take seriously that first commandment, first and most important commandment Jesus told us, to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to give God everything that we've got everywhere, to keep a kingdom of God mindset, life set all the time. It's a 24-7, this year, 366 <laughs> kind of a thing. It's not a once in a while Sunday morning when I feel like it, when I got the energy, when I remember I'm supposed to do it kind of thing. And here's the challenge. Worship comes down to obedience. And that's a word that we don't like in our culture. We don't like being told to obey. You know, we're a free country, and I'm a free guy, and I can do what I want because I'm an American, and Americans do what they want. Yeah, but Christ followers are obedient to God. And when we worship, we worship in obedience to what God calls us to. We want to lift up Scripture. Romans 12 talks about giving God our best. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That means when you go to work tomorrow, make that your offering to God. When you're with your family tonight and their things are kind of messed up, I mean, things are messed up in our households. Make your presence an offering to God, and I guarantee you things will go differently. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Oh, how culture is beating us down with what is right and what is wrong, and it's all messed up. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. The ham story. It's an old story. I, I really like this story. I don't even know why, really, because it's, it's not particularly funny, and, and it's uh, not really deep or anything, but it's a, it's a story that has, has a really valuable truth in it. It's a story of a, of a young couple got married, and their first meal together, 
um, she decided to cook a ham for them. Well, she's prepping the ham. Her husband's watching what she's doing. She cuts off both ends of the ham and puts it in the pan, puts it in the oven. He thought that was kind of curious. So he said, why do you cut the ends off the ham? She said, well, I don't know. That's what I always saw my mother do. Okay. So he thinks that's still kind of curious. So he asks her mother. And mother says, well, that's what my mother did. So he researches it more. And this thing goes back a couple of generations. I mean, we're talking about maybe 80 years of cutting the ends off the ham. And finally, he gets down to what it's really all about. The, the great-great-grandmother cut the ends off because her pan wasn't big enough for the ham. <laughs> and so for years, they're cutting the ends off because of something that no longer applied. They're, they're, they're into, they're doing it because that's what we do without giving any thought or reason. There was a reason at one time, but that's gone, you know? Isn't that funny how we often do that? We, we do it because that's what we do, right? That's what we do. So why do we share this story about the ham today? Because <laughs> it's a great story. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, because there are times when we just get in this gear of we just do it because, because. And you see, worship is so much more than that. Yes, we do have around here just show up. But when we do just show up and we gather together, when you just show up in your home or when you're ready to just show up for God in worship, it's about blessing God and thanking God for God's love and God's grace. We're kind of trying to make a shift. It's not something we do, but who we are. People who worship, you know, you can only have one Lord, and ours is Jesus. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And when we do that, that is worship. The one true God. And so connection, we value worship as a lifestyle and as an assembly, a community of faith called Connection Community Church. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, your word says everything that has breath, praise the Lord. So that means all of us because you're the one that gave us the breath. It's not some accident or happenstance. You desired us and designed us to be here, and it's no accident. And now, Lord, help us have an attitude, a lifestyle of worship when we're not together, but lift your name and bless your name together as an assembly, as a congregation called Connection, with our mission to connect people with you and the new life you offer, Lord. Thank you. We thank you and praise you. You are a good, good father. That's who you are. And we give you all the honor and the glory. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 379 7692